Hello and welcome to the Experience Lounge podcast. I'm Sasha. I'm Laura. And we're here to talk all things employee experience, experience design, future of work and digital HR. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome back to episode four of season three of the Experience Lounge podcast. It is great to have you all back. It is great to be back on this sunny Monday evening for me here in Singapore. Um, We have got a very exciting episode today and one I think has been in the making for months now. Um, So we have the amazing Sunil Setler on our podcast to talk about people experience and purpose this week. So incredible interview. But before we get into that and before I do his bio, Laura, how are you doing and how was your trip to London last week? I am good. And it was good, actually, because I I felt like it was true hybrid working action. Mm. So all the things that actually we've talked about on the podcast before um, that we've seen externally in a lot of the the sort of press and, and, and on social media too. It was a trip where um, I had a lot of face-to-face meetings. The office, particularly on Wednesday, was buzzing with people um even mm. so that um my my old boss came out and said it's 2019 <laughs> in terms of the the sort of vibe of um of people in the office and I think that thing of it felt purposeful it was great to have a lot of connection like we had some um people over from Singapore so we had like drinks in the evening and then a dinner the next night and I just felt that that was a great use of that face-to-face time I would say mm. as a as an introvert for those that do know me well I felt pretty depleted energy-wise though towards the end of um of those couple of days and was like I need to go home now and mm. spend some time yeah. by myself in a in a quiet dark room um but yeah it was it was great and um and I do think a good example of going into the office it being purposeful and about that connection and Mm. um then doing other work so your video calls emails um if you need focus time to do papers that sort of thing at home it it really felt Mm. like that was um a good use of time so yes it was great how has your week been yeah so far so good monday i made it through um and yeah no feeling good um i am prepping i mentioned this in a previous episode i'm prepping for a face-to-face workshop for the first time in a long time and so that has actually been so exciting to me because i am that person that loves stationery i just i live for stationery purchases i love stationery. So I, I just love it so all the new fresh sharpies are coming out all the new stickers all the new like whiteboard paper Oh, can't wait. So, Love so it. exciting. So yeah, yeah. No, all good. Well, sounds like we have had a good week and a bit, which is nice. And as I said, super excited about this episode where Sunil joined us. So before we jump into the interview, let me just do a quick bio um, on Sunil. Um, so Sunil Settler is the Chief People Officer at Gojek. He joined Gojek in 2019 and leads all aspects of human resource management at the company, with his function supporting thousands of employees around Southeast Asia. A seasoned HR leader, Sunil has more has nearly more than two decades of experience in the industry. Prior to joining Gojek, he led HR for Google's partnerships business in APAC and was a senior HR business partner with Amazon, where he was in charge of HR for groups spanning multiple functions and business lines. He started his career at Accenture and took on a number of leadership roles during his time there, including leading HR for Accenture's healthcare management operations group in the Philippines. Sunil holds a bachelor's degree in industrial relations, economics and sociology from Bangalore University, as well as a postgraduate certificate in human capital management. Um, 
which is just amazing. And he is super, super impressive. And I've worked with Sunil now for a while and his team, they are a brilliant bunch. And he is just so full of insights and energy. So we're super excited for this episode, right? Yes. And I wasn't able to actually make it just due to schedules and actually being in London. Um, So I'm excited to also um, to listen as well once the episode goes live. Cool. Well, enjoy. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Experience Lounge podcast, season three, episode who knows, we've done so many now. Today is a super exciting one for me. I'm delighted to be joined by Sunil Settler, who is the Chief People Officer at Gojek. We've worked together for some time, so hopefully this will be a nice, casual, fun conversation where we get to pick his brains on all things employee experience. So Sunil, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for your time. Why don't we get started with a little bit about you, your background, what do you love doing? Doing. Tell us about your history in HR, a bit of everything. Thanks for having me on, Sasha. Nice to be in the lounge finally. I've, I've been in HR for a little under two decades, and I've, I think I've done pretty much every role in the function. Uh, and it, it's been exciting. I, it's gotten more fun the longer I've been in it. I've had a chance to work at different organizations at different points in their journey. So I've worked with Accenture, I've worked with Amazon, I've worked with Google, and now I'm with Gojek. And I think Gojek is my favorite <laughs> stint yet. Outside of work, I don't really give myself too much time to do anything outside of work. But lately, I've been experimenting with biohacking. So I'm doing a few experiments this year. So my current experiment is run a mile a day. And about I'm about 10 days in. So I've run about 10 miles. I want to see what it does to my brain and body. Uh, and I'm going to be doing different uh, experiments through the year to see what it does to me. Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, that certainly trumps my Netflix binge watching hobby that I seem to have developed over the last few months. So yeah, fair play to you. So tell us a little bit more about what led you to HR. Like why would you choose HR as a profession if biohacking is your hobby? (laughs) My hobbies change, uh, every, every few years. Uh, so if I, if I followed my hobby, uh, into into a professional uh, rhythm, I, I'd be doing. I'd be a hobo, I think. But uh, no, I, I I've always uh, I studied for HR. I, I you know I did my undergraduate studies in in industrial relations, sociology, and economics. Uh, so I, I really wanted to get into the field. I, I was excited by it. Um, I I was really motivated. I think on some level to help people. You know, meet their out, meet the outcomes they're setting out to do, but also on on a much more grander level, it was an opportunity to architect communities and societies, uh, which which sounds more glamorous than it is, but uh, it was a it was a way to you know organize people to goals and to outcomes, and that that's the thing that excites me. Uh, and the longer I've spent in the profession, the the more I've been able to do that, and the more that's become the meat and potatoes of the role. Uh, so, so yeah, uh, that's, that's why I'm in HR. I love getting large groups of people from point A to B and, you know, my, my hobbies are my hobbies. I, I spent two years writing fiction. Uh, I spent, I spent, uh, a whole year playing badminton. Uh, I, they keep, they keep changing. Okay, fair enough. I'm seeing I'm seeing a pattern here and we can't wait for the book release. It sounds like it's going to be an amazing <laughs> piece of fiction. So let's talk a little bit then, you know, based on your experience in HR and what you've seen change over time. Employee experience as a concept or as, you know, as something we explore in HR is relatively new, um, at least in terms of the trends we see passing through HR. 
how has your perception of employee experience changed or evolved since you started out in the profession? So that's a good question. I, I think what employee experience has meant, uh, it's meant different things at different points in time. And it's meant different things in different organizations. You know, when I when I first started working you know, almost like 19 years ago, employee experience was a newish concept. I think uh, employee engagement surveys were in on vogue, like they were the new thing. Uh, and, and people were beginning to take them seriously. It wasn't just a survey you ran and, you know, check the box. Uh, people were beginning to take them seriously. People were being assessed on performance uh, of, of those, how, how they performed on those surveys, et cetera. Uh, and I think the evolution I've seen, if I can categorize it more generally, is uh, it's gone from being very top-down and directive uh, to much more employee-led and personal. Uh, uh, when I first started, employee experience was very optimized around how can we get people more productive? Like how we have all this work to do and we need to get all things that get in the way of people doing the work. Uh, so it, it was very much around, you know, if, if you look at the old engagement surveys, they're all about how much discretionary effort did you put in, how much organizational processes helped or hindered yeah. you, things like that. So, so I think today what I'm seeing is a very different, uh, vantage point, like a different version of employee experience. A, I think what employee experience is is being co-authored by both employees and the employer, uh, and and you know uh, functions like people and culture and HR can play that bridge role, translating one to the other. Uh, and and we've certainly seen that in Gojek, uh, where we've, we've we've seen that over the last three years, uh, Gojek always had a culture of our founders listening. Uh, and, and caring about what the people had to say. And in the last three years, we've grown tremendously, uh, both in, in every conceivable way, but our, so have our listening programs. So have how much we investment we put in um, that action loop of, hey, what, are, what's, what's, what can we do to make your life a little bit better? What can we do to make your work experience at Gojek a bit more delightful? And then uh, we take that feedback away. We solve the problem. We root cause, you know, we put systems in place and we close loop. Uh, it's a very quick iteration way of working uh, versus in the in the old days when it was this one mega survey at the start of the year, you did it and you just, you know, worked away at it and you waited for the next survey to see if that stuff had outcomes. Now we do pulses. Now we iterate and change so quickly. Employee preferences change so quickly as, as business uh, needs evolve, as, as our org structure evolves. So I think the velocity of change, uh, the the pace at which uh, people people operate and work has has really really changed. So I think that's made a that's that's the big difference I've seen. I, I think people have way more authorship now. It's not just about what are the things I need to do to get more productive. It's also how can I get into the flow of things. How can I connect to purpose and meaning? What is an optimized workflow workflow for me uh, relative to how I need to meet my goals? I think there's a lot more personalization uh, than there's ever been. Yeah, and. It's interesting because I know that you you refer to employee experience internally as people experience, and I, I almost think that that is part of the humanization of of EX as a concept. It's no longer human resource or employee, but actually looking at the person in the organization. And you're right; it's not just about how do we maximize productivity. It's 
you know, how do we build an environment where this individual will thrive and going beyond just, you know, do we give people the right tools or do we block people from getting work done? And I think, I think that's quite powerful. And I think we see a lot of organizations catching up. And I think the startup sphere is a huge component of that progress. And I think a lot of larger organizations look to organizations like Gojek um, and similar startups to see, you know, how are you building those connections with employees? How do you become those employees of choice, right, for Gen Z and people entering the workforce? They want to join because they see that personal people experience. So I think that's super powerful. What do you think then, and this is a bit of a segue or, you know, slightly uh, a build really on what you were just saying, but what do you think are some of the major EX or PX considerations, right? Starting maybe with Gojek and then looking at the kind of broader organization ecosystem, like what what are the EX considerations and priorities today? The, the big one obviously is connecting to purpose. I, I think helping connect people and align, making sure that their value systems align to the company's way of doing things and the company's outcomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it sounds, it sounds, you know, woo woo uh, when I when I use those words to describe it, but it's very very real. Uh, let me take Gojek as an example. Uh, I think most people would would tell you that they're in Gojek because of the social impact we're having as an organization. Uh, we we you know we 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 literally on a daily basis. Uh, positively impact the lives of millions of people, tens of millions of people, uh, you know, in Indonesia and and, and elsewhere, and uh, and it's a very palpable feeling. You, like your your friends are talking about it, your uh, your uh, your family is talking about it, your cohorts talking about it. Everyone's using your product. I think there's a thrill and excitement uh, to changing the way a society lives and and works and moves. Um, and and you know we've we've had to carve that carve that place for ourselves as, as an organization uh, and have that impact. And uh, as we've grown, I, I think the the challenge and, and the opportunity has really been in helping people stay connected to purpose. When you're much smaller and you're having very real conversations and you're doing like ten different roles at the same time, uh, it's easy to feel connected to all the real uh, impact and all the real issues in the company. But as you as you grow larger and get more specialized, I think you need to be more intentional uh, in, in the way uh, you connect uh, people to impact. And that's, that's, the, that's the journey we're on right now. We have lots of specialization. Uh, we have people dedicatedly thinking about one problem very deeply uh, or, or one way of operating very deeply and helping them see how that ties back to a social impact and be just their own personal values. Is is I think a, an essential part of the people experience at work uh, because you know if, if it's if it's just about having a nice brand and, and uh, you know a good good salary etc that's not that's not enough like there's enough employers out there uh, who who can offer that right if it's if you, if someone is optimizing for those things uh, you know there's plenty of choice uh, but we find increasingly especially with Gen Z Gen Y. Uh, it's it's more than that. It's 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 about the company you work for really really uh, uh, projecting or, or acting as a proxy for who you are as a person, like what your value system is. So so that, I think that's that's where I see people experience go, which is how do we make that feeling come alive in every touch point within the organization, everything from the mundane to the super strategic. Uh, you know how how a claims process 
works is the most mundane thing in an organization. How can we connect that back to, you know, uh, what impact the company is having, what's important to the customer? You know, it leads to it leads to decisions like we we won't ask for receipts or bills for anything under X dollars because we trust you. We know you're using good judgment. We know you're doing things that uh, are aligned with our values. Uh, so we don't need we don't need all of this. So so things like that and and very strategic things like what product or service line are we going to launch next and what are the trade-offs we we will make and uh, what are the trade-offs we will not make i think those kinds of conversations as well so so i think uh, that consistency in voice especially on the values and purpose uh, side is very very important uh, and it manifests in in like dozens of ways across the organization and i think when you're smaller it's very organic and as you get larger, you need to get very intentional about which which things uh, get amplified and which things don't. Uh, and I think that's that's the that's the journey of exploration we're on right now. Yeah, putting you on the spot a bit here. You you've alluded to this already. You know, GoDeck is going to continue to grow and grow, and we've seen that. And you know, over the next few years, especially. Practically, how do you see your organization keeping that purpose at the heart of the people experience? It's a complex question, but it has a relatively simple answer. I, I think uh, it, it's an old answer. Uh, it's, it's values. Uh, it's what you uh, it's what you value, measure, amplify uh, that 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 gets emulated and and you know, perpetuated. You know, we we have. Uh, this year, we're going to be doing a whole bunch of things around refreshing our values. We're looking at cultural ambassadors. We're looking at role models. We're looking at amplifying good behavior. Uh, you, I mean, you've hopefully attended a few of our company-wide town halls. And uh, every town hall, we have a ritual where we talk about one impact story at the end of the town hall, where we talk about how Gojek has changed a driver's life, a merchant's life, uh, uh, a customer's life, right? We we talk about it every town hall, and and those are real stories. Those are not you know PR plants or those are people who yeah. genuinely feel uh, like like we've made an impact. And I think keeping keeping that volume up is is important, and it's it's really being everywhere all the time. Uh, so when you set your goals, are those goals aligned to to impact? When you do assessments, performance reviews, are they aligned to the impact you've had? When when you interact with each other, what are you optimizing for? Uh, and, and you know, and is there a vocabulary in the company to talk about these things in a consistent way? Uh, so I think the, these are some these are some mechanisms to allow it to scale. And and I think if it works for three thousand, it'll work for five. If it works for five, you found a way to perpetuate the system. So everything from if I were to use an HR lens to this, everything from hire to retire. Every single thing has to connect to purpose in some fundamental way. Uh, even, even compliance bits has to connect to purpose, right? Being in business is a great way to continue having impact. Uh, you know, paying your people well is a great way to ensure that the right minds are solving these very challenging problems. Uh, and, and that connects back to impact again. So it's very, very important to, to nail that. And I personally believe, and I'm really happy that Gojek believes that as well, uh, that you know, we we are a very purpose-led organization. We're, we're mission-focused in in ways that a lot of other companies are not. I think that's just a product of how real 
the 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 product we put out is i, I think it's it's a if you're living it you're breathing it you're using it you know people use our food food app to basically not cook right <laughs> three three meals a day delivered home uh, you want to go out use our app so so yeah i think i think we're also in the space where we're a consumer product company uh it's it's an iconic consumer product uh and it's it's everywhere uh so so you feel it 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 becomes a bit of an echo chamber and and in a good way so yeah definitely and i mean i've seen firsthand like you say you know you reference the town halls there's just such a buzz and an attachment to the brand right in a way that is quite unique and you know people really buy into Gojek as you know wanting to wear the merch you know wanting to get involved in as many internal events as possible and it's so nice to see that vigor that zest for a brand and you're right I think you know so often when we talk about EX you know even so on the podcast we're guilty of doing this we think so almost so granular about all the different elements that make up an employee's journey and we don't really talk about that attachment that that bond that someone has with the purpose of the organization. So I think that's a really, it's a really, it's quite beautiful. It's a really nice way of thinking about it. And I think you're right, it's quite unique to Gojek. So, you know, just looking at EX as a concept within Gojek, and obviously you're a senior leader, you're working with senior leaders all the time. Are they bought into people experience? Do they recognize this as being strategically valuable? Um, and, and have you ever come up against any kind of friction around people experience as a priority? Yes and no. I, I think, does everyone agree that their people need to have a fantastic experience uh, and, and deliver great outcomes? Yes. Uh, I think the debate is always on the path to get there. Our leadership team spans many generations. Uh, I think there are pedants who, who believe that, hey, we need to, we need to be very directive in, in the way uh, this works. And, and we have people on the other end of the spectrum saying we should be completely employee-led, almost bordering on a holacracy uh, where the individual decides what the right thing to do is. So I, so I think what, what that means is different for different people. And, and then you apply organizational constraints, so things like budgets, goals, milestones, product launches, like, and, and then you, then you kind of land in this, like I would say a healthy compromise of what what that mani- what that manifests as, uh, we've taken we've taken some bold calls, right? We've we've taken a, a very strong stance saying it, it may sound may sound passe, but all of our employees have laptops, and not all of them need laptops, right? And and a lot of our peer organizations don't follow that practice. So when the pandemic hit, all our people were ready, were pandemic ready, they were work from home ready. It doesn't sound like a big deal, but it was a very conscious stand we took. We've always been a distributed company. Uh, we we were born in Indonesia, but we very rapidly established offices in Singapore, in India, in Vietnam, Thailand, and and you know we've always been a distributed company, and and that was a conscious choice we took. A lot of other companies would 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 kind of default to let me stay in my home market, figure this out, and then set up field offices elsewhere. But we've always been bold in in the choices we make, and. I think that boldness has led to uh, an almost enlightened perspective uh, uh, on on employee employee experience because we've had to listen to uh, so many voices and we've had to optimize for so many different types of experiences so early on in our journey that 
it made us who we are and, and we are a wonderful place. We, we're democratic. People feel a sense of authorship on their work. Uh, there's, there's a great, uh, there's a, there's a great energy, like you said, like people feel connected and really want to do meaningful things. So, so I think that that exists, but as far as senior leadership goes, I find my role is, is that balancer role of trying to say all the definitions that you have, all the expectations are, our people have, uh, and the outcomes that our ecosystems depends on us for all of this informs what our people experience should be right it's easy to blow 100% of your budget on high salaries let's say people are not going to be happy with that right uh, it, it's easy to have the best offices around uh, but maybe not not balance out other aspects of your job maybe you're burning them out or something else and it, there's this there's this sweet spot that you need to hit with, with people experience, which is be- between we need to meet our goals and we need to achieve our purpose. Uh, and we need to help individuals m- do that or help us do that uh, in, in a flow that's optimized for them. And, and finding that balance is the, is, is the labor of love, right? Is, is what, is what I do and what my team does. Uh, and, and obviously we do it from a, a systems thinking approach, which is how do we optimize the many systems we have? So there's enough choice within a system that people can optimize for themselves and, and for their for what makes them effective. Uh, but there are also enough nudges within those choices that you're constantly reminded that you're doing this to an end game. Uh, you're serving a larger purpose. And I think that that trade-off is, is the debate. Uh, sometimes you have to go in a bit, some people prefer going in a bit harder. Some people prefer being more dialogue-like. And, and I think that's, that's the balance. So long-winded answer to a simple question, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Um, slightly granular question here. Do you find that senior leaders often come with their own view on what employee experience is and it's hard for you to get everybody on the same page? Was that a struggle for you? Senior leaders do come with, uh, especially if, if they've worked for a while. Like, you know, if, if you work for the last 30 years, 25 years, somewhere, you know, I, when I joined the company, I, I brought my own worldview to how, you know, people should be managed, people should be empowered or, or uh, you know, what, what was okay to share, what was not okay to share, like, and things like that. I think people bring with them their experience, their preferences, their wisdom, so to speak, uh, of what's worked and what's not worked. I, I think the, the opportunity space is obviously getting the value of that experience, but also balancing it with what we're trying to do as an organization. So there, there is a, especially the more senior you get, there's a bit of a tug of war. Uh, and, you know, there has to be equilibrium, like somebody has to give a little, somebody has to get a little, and, and that, that goes on for a while till everyone finds a balance, right? And typically when you bring a very senior person in, you're bringing them in because you feel like they can help you achieve certain outcomes. And culture is, is a very powerful engine for outcomes, as you know. So, so if, if they want to change a culture, good example, let's assume you've had a sales team and it's, you know, there are sales teams which are target and incentive oriented, and that's, that's a people experience. So it's very go, 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 close my numbers every quarter, get my bonus. Uh, and there are sales teams which are encouraged to think more long term, uh, which is it doesn't matter how many deals you close. Uh, it doesn't change your bonus number. It, it, your performance changes your bonus number, but not how many deals you close. You want to land a whale, you need to have people for thinking long-term, engaging long-term. You want to 
you know, net a whole bunch of minnows, you need that sales incentive program. And depending on what your business strategy is, you deploy, uh, you deploy a different approach and, and a leader may bring a certain approach with them saying, look, I, I need to grow this business by like, you know, triple digit percentage rates. This is the opportunity space. Uh, the market is full of small and medium enterprise users willing to pay us money for this. We need we need to get our guys out there and close deals very quickly. If if that's if that's the game and they want to change the culture and if our culture was earlier, no no, it's all about the it's all about the big picture. I think that's the that's the negotiation that happens. And sales is always an easy example to use, but that you know amplifies into other functions like engineering, product management, HR, legal. For sure. A nice, healthy debate, I think, um, around what it means and how do we apply it, like you say, across the entire organization. You've alluded to this a bit, and I hate to bring the C word up, but I will. COVID has been a huge issue for so many organizations. Um, now, it's obviously shaped a lot of what we talk around the future of work. When I look at the predictions for this year, some of them are totally outlandish. Other ones are still kind of rooted in this hybrid working, getting that right. What's your take on the future of employee experience? What do you see emerging over the next two to three years that will really redefine employee experience? In a phrase, personalization at scale. Um, I, I, think, I think we've entered the post office era. We've all, all of us, have gotten really good at the transactional aspects of work. We're very good at coordinating with each other remotely, getting work done. Things have moved on. You know, lots of companies have been locked in for a couple of years now. Uh, they've been doing well. Uh, I think there is there is a dimension uh, of work which is relational, social, and communal, uh, which hasn't been addressed yet. And I think that's where people are trying to figure out different solutions. Everything from come back to office a few days a week to Let's get on. Let's meet on a beach in VR land, right? So, uh, and I think those experiments will continue for a while, and every organization will find its own answer. You know, it depends on your business. Uh, Gojek, for instance, has a large feet-on-street workforce for whom work from home was never real. Uh, they've always had to be out there in the real world doing things, and and we also have a significant portion of our employees who work from home and who can work from home indefinitely if they want to. So. Uh, so you have to you have to balance that out, and and I think there's this there are these three tension points to balance out, which is what do you want to enable, what are individual preferences, and what is possible within a role. Like some roles, field field operations, for instance, cannot you can't have a work from home. Some roles, like maybe database administrator, you can indefinitely work from home. So what are the preferences of people? Uh, and in what context do we want them to show up? I think that's the that's the grand experiment that's currently on. You know, we've been polling people ever since COVID began, uh, asking them for their preferences, saying, "What are your preferred modes of working? Uh, where would you like to work more often?" And you know, initially it was like, "Oh, work from home is great." So the volume of people who said work from home uh, is is like here to stay and, and bought in was high. And then as time has gone by, the number of people in the, I want to come back to office a few days a week has, has grown bigger. And I think the number of people saying I want to work remote has, has either expanded or shrunk depending on, uh, depending on the situation uh, at that point in time. So employee preferences, and now we have two years worth of data, employee preferences have changed as well. At some point, the only, the only thing I can see as reason for change is life stage change or, or life goals changing, you know, like a, 
I don't know how many, for instance, we don't know meaningfully how many employees are still in their home office, are based where their home office is based. A lot of them will come back to work if you ask them to, but a lot of them have moved, moved to different parts of the countries they're in to have a better quality of life, to be closer to family, uh, to have made other choices. So, uh, and they've shown successfully that they can work. So I think, I think companies need to solve for these, that those three dimensions, they have to find that sweet spot for themselves. But fundamentally, you have to strike the right balance between uh, transactional, the transactional aspects of work and the communal aspects of work. And in a company like ours in Gojek, where culture drives innovation, where you know uh, a, a lot of our a lot of our energy, ideas, etc., comes from people mashing together, you know, thrashing out ideas, experiencing things the same way. That's going to be an interesting journey to be on because how do you enable those things in a way that's inclusive, in a way that makes sure that irrespective of the choices or your preferences uh, or your role limitations you still have that same experience. So a lot of companies are going to try and optimize for common sets of experiences. I, I don't think you can have a homogenous experience anymore. And I think that that's the thing that everyone's wondering about, which is what does that look like? Like how, how can I make my company mean the same thing to you, even though you're in all these different contexts? Is there an answer? I, I think it jury's out. Like we're still, we're still trying different things and, uh, and we probably will be for a while before we find that answer. I think that's really that's really quite interesting because so many people I'm sure listening to this would be like, agree, definitely think that, you know, major personalization and it is a real experiment going on at the moment. I'm sure the first thing people jump to is how do we do that at scale, right? So if we don't have this blanket experience, which I think you're 100% right, it, it can it can't be that way because people will work differently. You know, they will want different things from their employers. Some will work a few days in the office, some won't. You know, how how do we drive that personalization? And maybe that's that's what we need to figure out over the next few years. And I hope that there are some good solutions and consultants, much better consultants than me, that can figure that one out. So <laughs> that would be great. Um, so we're wrapping up now. I've got one more question for you. Kind of touched on this when we first started. If you weren't in the HR and people sphere, what would you be doing? I, you sent me this question before we started and I've been racking my brain. I don't know. I think I might have pursued a pursued psychiatry or or, or something in the academe uh, because th- that's where that's where my brain naturally goes. Like I, I read I read research papers for fun. You know, maybe that's my calling <laughs> for 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 my second or third career. But yeah, it's uh, it's probably a space of ideas, like you know, ideas about. How, how groups of people interact with each other, ideas about how we can organize communities, architect communities and outcomes uh, for those communities. So I think it's it's that. I think that's that's where I would likely end up. I might still end up there. I don't know. You know, lifespans being what they are. With my biohacking, I might end up living to 150. I love it. Yeah, well, fingers crossed that works out for you. Good luck with your biohacking. I'd be interested in the results. I'm sure everybody else would as well. Um, but no, I could definitely see you going down the kind of academia route. That would really suit you well. So great. Well, thank you, Sunil, so much for coming on. Um, you know, it's been so great. I feel almost like we've paused a bit 
um, in, a, in a good way to really be quite thoughtful about the topic of people experience. And so I've really enjoyed the conversation and I've enjoyed working with you as well as a, as a people experience leader, as a HR leader, because you are so thoughtful about these things and you really consider what is it that draws people to work with us. And I think taking the time to look at that and the complexity and that kind of interesting dynamic is so powerful and yeah just amazing so thank you so much I hope that's left you on a high you're going to be walking around like wow I'm just such an amazing leader um but no honestly thank you so much for coming on the podcast and if people want to connect with you you're happy with them to reach out to you on LinkedIn yeah absolutely uh, especially if they have ideas on, on all the things we talked about I'm always keen to find new ideas and Sasha thanks for having me on this has been a fun fun conversation it certainly got me thinking even more about some of the things we're doing awesome thanks so much thank you bye